good afternoon. If you'd like to open your Bibles up to the book of Matthew, we spend a little bit of time there this afternoon. I hope that you have had a good afternoon so far. We have enjoyed a good meal and then definitely felt the effects of having a good meal. I was, I was resting quite nicely when Holly said, it's time for us to go. So I am trying myself to to put aside the the feelings of of tiredness and fullness and the blessing that that is that God has given us to have such such abundant blessings in this life and to focus on the thing and the task at hand that we are here today to do, to study His Word, to sing praises to Him. And I hope that as we go through His Word, that it can can lead for, for enlightenment in our lives. It can bring us to better understand His will and better apply His will in our life. And one way in which I believe Jesus sought to teach people about the will of God was through the use of parables. Parables was something that Jesus spoke often in. In Matthew chapter 13 is where my Bible is opened up to. If you'd like to open your Bibles up to that same passage, we'll be looking there in just a moment. But it is a way in which Jesus chose to talk to the the crowds and the days of His life. It's been estimated that one-third of all of Jesus' recorded teachings are found in parable form. And certainly that's why most of of the more remembered statements of Jesus come directly from His parables. And so if we're going to be disciples of Christ, if we're going to be people who study Christ so as to mimic Christ, we probably have asked at least before or should ask today, what is a parable? What is a parable? Why did Jesus use them? What were they about? And what does that mean for me? How do I apply that? I hope over, over the next uh, couple of weeks for us to, to look at the parables of Jesus and to go into them in a little more detail and learn from them. But I thought to begin that, that thought and to begin that series, it would be good for us just to kind of get an introduction to the parables and ask ourselves these questions. So I'd like to begin this afternoon asking that question, what is a parable? Well, according to the Vines Dictionary, the Greek word parabole means literally to place beside. It means to cast alongside, to set Something besides something else. I think Vine says it, it signifies a placing of one thing beside another with a view to comparison. So it's the idea of taking something and setting it beside something else so that it will... I think one of the microphones might be on. I'm not for sure. Um, it's the idea of taking something beside something else so that you can look at the two things and compare them. Uh, we, we do that whenever we study things in school. We do that whenever we just are outside and you, maybe you're walking down the street and you see two things and you can, you can look at them and see the differences. It's a very common way. It's a natural way for us to learn about something is to compare it to something else. And Jesus would use parables to do that. He would set something beside something else so that they could learn. As uh, one author wrote, it's the... It's the uh, ability to take a story and place it beside another for the purpose of teaching. And he would say it was so that the unknown could be taught through the known. And so oftentimes what you'd see Jesus doing is taking something and comparing it by using the word like. You'll see the word like oftentimes in the parable. That's kind of a way that we can 
Uh, that's some parable language. We can see that and we go, oh, okay, I think this is a parable that Jesus is speaking in when He would say something is like something else. And so through His use of parables, He would, he would go about comparing things that people could have a knowledge of with something that maybe they didn't have a knowledge of. One way that I've heard it described in my lifetime, maybe you've heard it described as well, is that a, a parable is simply an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. It's a way in which Jesus would tell a story or a narrative drawing from human or natural circumstances and spiritual lessons could be drawn out of that. And I believe we see example of this right from the beginning in Matthew chapter 13. Whenever we see, starting in verse 1, the day that Jesus went out of the house and was sitting by the sea and large crowds gathered to Him, so He got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd was standing on the beach and He spoke to them many things in parables. And notice when as He speaks in parables, He starts out, the sower went out to sow. So we see right off the get-go in our passage here that Jesus is taking something that is very natural to them, very understandable to them. And what He's going to do from that is draw out a spiritual lesson from that. But if you'll remember, in verse 10, after He said this, the disciples came to Him and they asked this question, Why do you speak to them in parable? What was the purpose for Jesus choosing to speak to people in parables? Why didn't He just speak straightforward? Why didn't He say, instead of saying, compare this to this, why didn't He just say, this is, and tell them a very straightforward answer? Well, when they asked Jesus that, let's read on in verse 11. His answer was, To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been granted. For whoever has, to him more shall be given, and he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, because while seeing, they do not see. And while hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. In their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled, which says, You will keep on hearing, but will not understand. You will keep on seeing, but will not perceive, for the heart of this people has become dull. With their ears they scarcely hear, and they have closed their eyes, otherwise they would see with their eyes. Hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and return, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, because they see, and your ears, because they hear. For truly I say to you, that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. What we see then, Jesus' purpose that He gives the disciples when they ask, why do you speak in parables, Jesus? It was to conceal a message. It was not to let the information just completely go out. He was concealing something. And one thing that we notice from this in His response to them is that because of the attitudes of the disciples, they were blessed to learn more about these mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But because of the attitudes of the multitudes and their hard hearts and their dullness of hearing, they were not blessed to hear more. They were in fact turned away by the parables. The parables would be said and they, they would just go about their way and maybe scratching their head, but curiosity not being, not being fulfilled for them. And so one thing that we see in this, in his explanation, it's the same explanation he gives in Mark chapter 4, verses 33 and 34, that by resorting to parables, Jesus is separating the disciples from those who simply are just seeking curiosity. Those who have heard some interesting things about this man, those who have heard that he's doing some, some neat things with, with water and with food, and 
And I want to come and I want to see more about that. And so Jesus speaks to them in parables and He separates effectively those who want to learn from those who are just interested in what was going on. So we see Him telling them, whoever has a, uh, an abundance of, they'll be given more. So whoever has a good heart, whoever has a listening ear, to more will, be, more will be given to him. He will have an abundance of virtue from having the parables spoken and having a desire to have them explained. But maybe whoever does not have that good heart, whoever does not have that listening ear, even what they have will be taken away because as, as the multitudes were, were often done, they just went on their way, usually grumbling, usually not happy with the things that Jesus spoke to them. But that wasn't the only purpose of the parable. The parable wasn't just to conceal the message of the mysteries of God and to, 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 to have it only for those that were truly wanting to learn and, and to, to separate those who were really not interested. It was also to reveal. It was to reveal those mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. And once the disciples understood this, the basic meaning of the principles, they were able to make comparisons of the known earthly truth that Jesus would talk about. He would speak a truth about physical things, about seeds and about growth and about the, the lives that they lived. Things they could understand and they could take those comparisons and say that's how the spiritual truth is similar. And they could learn from that. And it would shed light on the unknown. And so maybe to, to, to look into that just a little bit more, then we should ask ourselves, what were those parables truly about then? If that is the purpose behind them, to conceal the mystery of God and to reveal unknown truths, what were those unknown truths? Well, the general theme that we see throughout all of Jesus' parables rotates around this theme of the kingdom of heaven. In Matthew 13, verse 11, He says, to you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But if we were to read in verses 24, and verse 31, and verse 33, and 44, and 45, and 47, all of this same chapter, every single one of those parables begins, the kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of heaven was the main theme for many of His parables. That was the main theme for much of His ministry. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, on Jesus' great Sermon on the Mount, the first words that He spoke in that sermon have to do with the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is Jesus' focus in so much of what He says and so much of His teaching to help people understand what the kingdom of heaven is and that the kingdom of heaven had come. But there are some sub-themes as well that we should see as we study through the parables. One is that it's the character of the kingdom being described. The parable of the mustard seed. The parable of the leaven. The parable of the hidden treasure. And the parable of the pearl of great price are all parables that, that focus on comparing the, the characteristics of the kingdom to earthly things so that people can, can learn and draw example from that. In the parable of the workers in the vineyard, in the parable of the lost son or the prodigal son, that draws up characteristics of the king and who the king is. And then parables such as the Good Samaritan, or parables of the persistent widow, the widow that would continually go and, and ask of the wicked judge. These, these parables drop characteristics of the subjects of the king, of what Christians should be. Now these sub-themes oftentimes overlap in some parables. We find parables that include characteristics of the kingdom and the king, or the king and his subjects. But they clearly demonstrate 
throughout that the overall theme of the parables, the overall message that Jesus wants to convey is information on the kingdom of heaven. So if all this be the case, then how do we interpret that? What do we do with the parables? How do we use them in our lives today? And there's two extremes that I want us to avoid. One is seeking to find a spiritual truth in every little detail. There were parts of the parables that Jesus spoke, and they really didn't mean anything. There's no significance to the fact that the woman used a broom to sweep her house in looking for, in looking for what was lost. And, and so we, we, should, we should be careful not to try and tear apart a parable so much so that we're just left with pieces lying all around and, and no meaning left. There, that we need to be careful not to do that. But we also need to understand that there can be more than one spiritual truth in each parable as well. Oftentimes parables were, were, were spoken and while there may have been one theme or one thing that Jesus was trying to teach, there were multiple things that could have been, that could have been taken out of that. So here are some guidelines that I believe will help us when we, as we go through the, the parables, and maybe you study these as well at home, preparing for this, that, that, that would help us to better understand and have a greater appreciation for the parables of Jesus. Number one, learn from the explanations that Jesus gives. Some of the parables were difficult to understand for the people that were with Him every day. Some of the parables were difficult to understand from people that were walking with Him and, and, and listening to him all the time. And they said, what does that mean? And he pulled them aside and he said, let me explain it to you. If we're having trouble with parables, let's first go to the ones that he explains. And let's learn about that. An example of this is the parable of the sower. After he gives the parable of the sower, his disciples have a hard time understanding what he's talking about. And understanding the parable of the sower is actually important to understanding several other parables in which he uses the same theme of that to describe them. And so possibly for this, this reason, Jesus went in to explain that. So let's look at those whenever we want to have a better understanding of the parables. Number two, let's also remember that there is a central truth for most parables. And so if we're going to find other truths, as I said before, there may be more than one spiritual truth, but let's make sure that spiritual truth keeps in harmony with the central truth. And since we're using the parable of the sower, maybe we could, we could use this for an example. The emphasis there in that parable primarily seems to be the soil. More time and anything else in that parable is given to the different soil types and what they mean. Now certainly, there are spiritual truths about the sower. There are spiritual truths about the seed in that parable. But I don't think we should read into that parable and say, well, you know, I think Jesus is trying to show us that He has an affinity towards those who are in the farming industry more than anything else. Well, no, that's not keeping with the central truth the har or harmonizing with that parable. The purpose of that parable is not to discuss the professions of man, but again, the kingdom of God. So let's keep with the central truth of a parable and not try to take our applications outside of that. The third one to remember is context. Looking at the context of Jesus' words is vitally important. Look at the introductions to His parables. The things that He is saying prior to them. What is going on as He gets ready to speak this parable? Whether it's something that He supplies or whether it's something that one of His holy writers, like the author of the Gospel, has supplied. 
If you take, for example, the end of Luke chapter 5, Jesus tells a very well-known parable about not using new garments to repair tears in old garments. I don't think we should take from that parable that it's sinful for a mother to take her child's raggedy, worn-out, holy jeans and put a brand new piece of denim over top of that. Well, of course not. Jesus had no care whatsoever for fashion in that parable. The context of that parable actually looks back to the Old Testament and to, and to fasting. So let's remember the context before we draw our truths out as well. And then finally, let's not create new doctrine from parables. Remember, the parables were originally told to conceal a message. And so the purpose behind them, right off the bat, makes them just a little bit unclear in their meaning. And so maybe if we're going to try to build a case for some doctrine that, that we want to believe, relying solely on a parable is not the place to put our foot stand in. Certainly, there is no, there is no, I'm not saying that parables can't support doctrine, but we should not be trying to build doctrine solely off of one parable. Following these guidelines and in interpreting the parables of Jesus, I believe we can look forward to joyfully understanding and having an enlightened view of the mysteries that are revealed of the kingdom of heaven. As we get into them, I hope that we'll also appreciate just how blessed we are to live in an age where the, those of us who have a desire to learn about these mysteries are blessed to do so. Did you notice that at the end of Matthew chapter 13 and verse 16 and 17 what we were reading there? He said, blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. For truly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. What we're about to study in the parables concern things that men like Abraham and Moses, David and Jeremiah, Ezekiel and Daniel, these righteous men wanted to know from the foundation of the world, they wanted to know about the kingdom of heaven. And it wasn't revealed to them. But we live in an age where it has been revealed through this preaching of the gospel of Christ. In fact, in Romans chapter 16, and we'll just we'll end on this note. Romans chapter 16 and verses 15 and 16. Paul ends his letter to the Romans with, uh, on this thought. Verse 25 and 26, he says, Now to him who is able to establish you, according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery which has been kept secret for long ages past, but now is manifested, and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the eternal God, has been made known to all nations, leading to obedience of faith. Men throughout history, have sought and desired the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, and yet they were revealed only to this age. An age or revealed for a purpose of creating and breeding obedience to the faith. I hope that through studying the parables, through learning more about the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, that it will lead us to look within ourselves as well about the obedience that we offer to the faith 
in Jesus Christ. If you have not yet rendered obedience this afternoon by responding to the call of Jesus Christ, I would ask us to remember the words that He spoke in Matthew chapter 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. As He spoke so much about the kingdom of heaven, His intention was not just that we would know more about it. It was that we would be a part of it. If we can help you to become a part of it this afternoon, won't you please come forward as we stand and as we sing.